Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your girl, Shantae, back with another episode of Chatting with Shantae. How in the world are y'all doing? Me, I am doing amazing because it's Shy Sunday. <laughs> so the time I'm recording this is 6.30, so we still got a couple hours before the premiere actually comes out. But y'all know I'll be watching the episode uh, the night before, so I've not already seen the tea. And honey, this episode, listen, like I keep saying, now that we're at that mid uh, mark of the season everything is building up it's intense it's emotional you know we're like okay what's about to happen next and it's suspenseful it's so good so this was episode five the spook who sat by the door honey who's the spook who is the spook honey but we still got another five episodes left of this season so uh, we're gonna see what happens so before I start, you know, I give my disclaimer all the time. If you haven't watched the episode just yet, if you're waiting for the premiere to come out, pause this, whether you're listening on the podcast or watching a YouTube video, pause it, watch it, and then come back because your girl don't do spoiler free and we got some things to talk about, all right? So if you're still here listening or watching, I'm assuming A, you don't care about spoilers or B, you already watched the episode, right? So go ahead, like, comment, subscribe, hit the bell so you'll know when I upload a video, get your snacks, get your drinks, and let's go so y'all know how i do it i take it storyline by storyline just so it can flow easier and instead of writing out my notes i didn't type them out on my laptop so if you see me looking over here i have my laptop right here i got a whole setup going on it's a lot going on so bear with me <clears throat> so we're gonna start with miss keisha all right we already know keisha's going through some stuff and we've been seeing her this season we knew she was getting ready to have this baby at any given moment so the episode is here where Keisha's about to give birth so everyone's preparing and things like that so we've seen throughout this journey how you know it seemed like she was having some sort of attachment to the baby you know my baby this my baby that and then the slight struggle of trying to find the perfect family for her child it just seemed like luck wasn't on her side and then we saw how emotional she got at the ultrasound appointment and then having that uh breakdown moment and then even watching uh Emmett and Tiffany's son playing you know we saw this attachment grow and so and even after last episode when she said Octavia was the perfect person to get the baby it's like okay do you really mean that or what so Keisha's at home she's looking through her old baby book and Nina comes and they're just reminiscing and talking and stuff and it kind of hits Keisha like dang once I give this baby to Octavia I won't have this I won't have memories of my child I won't be able to create a baby book and stuff like that and Nina reassures her and she's like maybe not this go around but whenever you're actually ready to become a parent and things like that then you'll be able to so again we're seeing uh this emotional side of Keisha like does she really want to give up the baby or does she want to see if she can you know be a parent we'll see so my good sis is at work okay listen why she's still there I don't know because the manager when she was tripping that day that would have been my last day I ain't got time for y'all okay and I'm pregnant girl get out my face talk about you some OCD girl please get out my face but she's at work running around and <clears throat> excuse me uh she's running around like a chicken with her head cut off all right scanning this checking people out dealing with this dealing with that and throughout her shift she's having uh what she keeps referring to as the Braxton Hicks but it just seems to get more intense and uh you know painful each time so she's watching the clock he's like girl what time do you get off midnight because it was six seven eight o'clock i'm like girl what time do you get off all right 
So while she's at work, you know, Nina is at home because we all know she's preparing to give a water birth at home. So uh, Dre's on the phone and stuff like that, and they're talking, and Nina really isn't here for the whole home birth thing, all right? She would rather be in a hospital. Listen, we already know that Nina is team doctor, team hospital. She displayed that the last episode when she got smart with Octavia talking about, we're going to listen to the doctor. Who do you think you are? She still made me mad with that. But anyway, so we already know she's not really here for this home remedy, home birth thing. And Dre reassures her, like, look, girl, everything's going to be fine. Quit tripping. So back at Keisha's job, we see that they hired a new little boy over there. Okay, he's cute. And he's taking an interest to Keisha. So it's really good to see someone fresh who's, you know, trying to befriend her. And it seems like he really likes her. I mean, they're talking, asking each other questions like, why do you work here? How would you get here? And, you know, and he knows her circumstance. I mean, one, she can't hide the pregnant belly. And two, because of what happened to her was all over the news. He already knew. So um, it's not like nothing that happened to her was a, <clears throat> excuse me, a shocker or a secret. But it seems like he's really liking her. And she's, you know, like, okay, what's good? So I know everybody wants Emmett and Keisha to get back together. I mean, they were cute, but at the same time, where they're both at individually in their own lives, I don't really think they need to combine those uh, <laughs> troubling times, okay? Maybe not right now, but we see that, and it was cute. <clears throat> All right, so while she's at work again, she's having these labor pains. She keeps trying to say it's Braxton Hicks. Listen, baby girl, it's neither Braxton nor Hick, okay? you're going into labor so they get home everyone's there dre's getting a midwife on the phone or the doula on the phone trying to get them there jada's there because she's helping to deliver the baby nina is just like i would rather be in a hospital so we got everybody running around frantic keisha is screaming at the top of her lungs mama i can't do it dre i can't do it help me girl i promise you i don't have kids just yet but i can guarantee you my first because i plan on having two children Help me, Lord. But I guarantee you, my first birth is going to be like that. I can't do it, y'all. I can't push. And they just like, girl, you ain't got no choice, all right? So the funniest thing about this whole scene, Octavia. <laughs> Get Octavia, please. Tell her to sit down somewhere. So she's like, okay, everybody, wait, relax. And y'all know Tab got that soft one. Okay, everybody, wait, relax. Okay, everyone take deep breaths. Now, mind you, everyone's running around screaming, crying, sweating, just trying to get Keisha in this pool. So she's, okay, guys, wait. Okay, I have to grab the intentions. Let me grab the intentions. So she grabs these papers and stuff. And she's like, okay, guys, I'm reading the intentions. I think it'll be best if I read the intentions right now. So me and Keisha, we plan on going into this together to have a natural, safe home water birth, okay? We think it'll be better. And everyone's like, girl, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, need to push past her. Like, girl, we don't understand what you're talking about. Please shut the hell up. I'm so sorry, Octavia. I love you, baby. But that was, you were too sweet. But I would have told you, please sit the hell down. If you're not going to help her get in this pool, you're not going to help get the midwife on the phone. I need you to sit down with these papers and your incense. Please shut up. So <laughs> that was the funniest thing. But anyway, so Keisha, you know, they're uh, helping her push and stuff like that, giving her words of encouragement to help her relax. And so she ends up having a baby and things like that. So they allow her to hold the baby for a millisecond, okay, for a split millisecond. And then... Octavia's sitting there and then they hand the baby to Octavia because well duh she's the mother now and so Octavia's crying holding the baby just feeling thankful and grateful and we see Keisha she's still sitting in the pool and she's looking over her shoulder just staring and it's like dang you know and it's not like a okay whoo y'all good all right good it's like a 
I don't know if it was a look of regret because I promise you for a split second when she was holding the baby, I just knew my good sis was going to say, I've changed my mind. Like, I think we all kind of felt that at one point, like, yeah, no, nah, she's keep, she's keeping the baby. She There's no way she's giving the baby up. Not the way this attachment has formed. She's not giving the baby up. But, you know, it's like they just took the baby from her. Okay, girl, thank you. Don't get attached. Give, yeah, give it to Octavia. So, I don't know. And then we saw the preview for the next episode, and I guess Octavia brought the baby over for Keisha to see him or her. Uh, did they say the gender of the baby? Like, did they say it's a girl, it's a boy? Maybe I missed it. I don't know, because I was eating a Hershey. When I'm eating a Hershey, I'd be focused on my Hershey. But um, I don't know if they said if it was a boy or a girl. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, if they said the gender. But Octavia brings the baby over to so Keisha can see uh, him or her. And, you know, Keisha's holding the baby, and Octavia's looking like, uh, okay, girl, you can give the baby back. Okay, so, again, I don't, I don't know. But, yeah. So that was it with Keisha again. Yeah, she's giving the baby to Octavia, but did she really, really want to? I mean, it could have been a 50-50. It could have been a 60-40. Like 60%, yeah, I want to get the baby up. But that, that was a strong 40% that she wanted to hold on to. Okay, so let's get to Jada, Emmett, and Dre. Nina too, but whatever. Sorry, y'all. I'm reading, trying to keep on track. Okay, so... Jada and Dre, they're talking at Smokey's, which is apparently, again, the only restaurant open in the south side of Chicago. But um, they're talking and, you know, Dre's making sure Jada's still going to help uh, with delivering Keisha's baby and things like that. And Jada's telling her that she wants uh, Dre to be in charge of her will to make sure it gets executed properly. So Dre's telling her, look, dog, okay, you talking about, you know, if you got to deliver, help deliver the baby from heaven and your will and stuff, please, your words have power. Don't speak like that so Jada's like I understand but I'm just trying to be prepared and so um then Dre is like look I really would like for you to tell Nina what's going on because each day where it's just growing more suspicious okay especially after the last episode when um you know Jay excuse me Dre got that uh, text message from Jada and Nina read it in the middle of the night which I was hoping Dre would have got on Jada about that. I'm so very sorry, Jada, but I got to get on you for a second. I wish Dre would have been like, okay, look, I understand you are appreciative of my friendship, but I need you not to text me between these hours because, listen, I keep telling you, Nina is getting ready to divorce me, and you are not doing anything except for girls should be all right. So I need you to, you know, understand that I don't need you texting me, okay? Talking about some thank you for keeping our secret. Girl, this is your secret, not mine. But anyway, I digress. So Dre really wants... Uh, Jada to tell Nina what's going on so that way she'll understand and you would think it would be like okay you know since she's told the main person she was concerned with Emmett that it would be okay for her to tell everybody else but her whole thing is everyone has a lot going on and she doesn't want to be a burden and she also doesn't want a big pity party you know right now she would just rather it be only a select few of people who know right now while she's in its beginning stages and stuff like that versus a whole bunch of people you know crowding her are you okay are you okay she doesn't want to feel like a not a charity case but she just doesn't want a pity party thrown for her all the time right now she doesn't really need that so Dre is like I understand whatever so then we get Emmett he brings her some little healthy food and whatnot and then he tells her that he's coming over Oh, no, she wants him to, she, he wants her to come over so that way, you know, he can cook for and things like that. So she's like, I'm busy. What do you want? Why do I got to come? What do you want to cook for me for? And he's like, uh, duh, you know, duh, he has to take care of you. So 
it mean he's trying okay he's trying all right so meanwhile at jada's place she's sick okay she's throwing up and it's just taking a whole lot out of her um again chemo is just really taking the toll and i guess this so while she's sick suede is there you know consoling her holding her things like that and he ends up telling her that he loves her and i was like i know that's correct and instead of saying i love you too she was like oh that's sweet i said jada wait at this point you know say you love him back but she said it in so many words she was like you know i really appreciate you being here for me you were such a blessing a surprise you know a good surprise thank you for helping me through all of this you know so it's like she's expressed how she loves him she just didn't say i love you too but whatever so Emmett comes over and Sway was cooking her breakfast and asked if Emmett wanted some. And he's like, I ain't trying to have no pancakes made by no dude. Get out of my face. So Sway ends up leaving. And we already saw this clip because, you know, they always release the official clip for the next episode on their uh, platforms. So we saw this uh, scene and it was so emotional because Emmett is really getting into a mindset and a place in his life where, okay, He's trying to leave the BS alone. He's trying to get his life on track. And he just wants to make sure his mother is alive to see it. He still wants to buy her a house. He wants to make sure she's healthy and everything is good, you know. So he's like, man, forget the doctors, okay? Because Jada, Jada uh, told him that, listen, you're not going to lose me. I'm good. We caught it early. The doctor said I have a good chance of surviving. You know, she's saying all that to reassure him. And he's like, forget them doctors. We need to pray, okay? Because I be praying every time me and Tiff have sex that she don't get pregnant. And I'm just like, thank you, baby. All right. <laughs> so they have a moment and things like that. But I was in tears, okay? That moment had me just... Because as a child, especially as an only child, oh my goodness. You just feel not a pressure but you just want to make sure like you're the only one like you don't have any siblings and stuff like that so you just want to make sure that you are able to you know let, allow your parents that breathing room okay my child is good they're successful i don't have any worries they listen to me they're good and it's like when you're an only child children in general whether you have siblings or not but it's like when you're an only child it's just like uh they're they're you know banking on me they're they're depending on me not to, i don't even know how to word it it's just I'm you you get in that frame of I'm their only hope to make it I don't know how to explain it but like if you're an only child you know what I'm trying to say and again a child you know in general whether you have siblings or not but only children y'all understand like when you feel like it's your your responsibility solely yours to make sure your parents know you're good you're successful you get to take care of them and yeah now, one thing that I did mention, and I actually talked about this in one of my previous reviews, I was like, I really hope, well, for one, I'm just glad Jada and Emmett are speaking and they're good and they're connecting because it could have went an entirely different way because we already know Emmett is not here for Suede and Jada's relationship. So I'm just glad it wasn't to the point where she was trying to tell him what was going on and he just kept ignoring her and pushing her off because he's so upset with her and Suede being together. And then by the time, you know, he wants to talk to her, it's too late or whatever. So I'm just super glad that that didn't happen. But I did mention in one of my previous uh, videos, I wonder if uh, he would get upset if he finds out that Suede found out about Jada's sickness before him. And he did bring that up briefly. It was a brief moment. It wasn't too much of a blow up. But she was like, I uh, he told her, I can't believe you told him before me. You know? And again, it kind of goes back to that only child. Like, dang, I'm your only son. You want to tell him before me? Really? I mean, dang. You know? So 
I knew he was going to bring it up. I'm just glad it didn't go all the way left. I'm glad it was a quick conversation and then they are back on good terms. So then what happened? Okay, so and then we see Emmett. This is towards the end of the episode. Emmett's at home. Darnell comes by and asks if Jada asks about him. And Emmett's not here for it. He's like, oh, now you want to uh, check on her and see how she's doing? Man, get out. You know, so he's upset, lashing out. And Darnell's like, uh, what? So Emmett storms upstairs. And this is the scene where we saw in the beginning of the season where he was crying and things like that. And we all assumed Tiffany was trying to bust up in the bathroom and bust him upside his head. But no, it was Darnell, you know, running after him, trying to see what was going on and wanting him to talk to him. And this, I feel like, was the first time we saw them have a true father-son moment. Not Emmett and Darnell, not son and Darnell, you know, not, okay, we cool or whatever. No, like a true vulnerable emotional connect as father and son so you know he's knocking on the door he's telling him look Emmett talk to me I'm not going anywhere and you know it was serious when he took that ear uh, piece out <laughs> but um yeah Emmett eventually opened the door and he just started crying like just just crying and he said my mama's sick I can't lose her she's sick and he's just crying and at first because he's laying on him crying. At first, Darnell isn't really, like, sure how to comfort him. Because, again, this is their first time really seeing them act that way. You know what I'm saying? So he was kind of unsure, like, okay, do I hold him? Do I rub him? But, you know, they got it together. So that was another emotional moment because we all know Emmett really needed that father figure in his life. And now he's getting it. Or we're starting to see it happen. I just hate it has to be due to Jada being sick. I'm just praying my good sis Jada pulls through. I do not need her to be gone. Because one minute it's like when she was at the doctor's office with Dre and the doctor's saying it's more aggressive than we thought and then she's telling Dre she's making her will and then she's telling Emmett, um, you know, we caught it early, it's good. So it's like, is it good? Is it not like what's you know? And it's like, is the reality is very, very bad and she has a very slim chance of making it or and she's just trying to save face with Emmett because she doesn't want him to worry or you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I'm just praying my good sis makes it. Because listen, Lena and Showtime and everybody in Chicago, if something happens to my good sis Jada, I'm flying to Chicago and y'all are gonna have to see me. That's just that on that. Y'all understand? Thank you. <laughs> so the next storyline, we got Trig, Imani, and Rashad, honey. I was like, Rashad been gone for a good two episodes. What's going on? Excuse me. So Rashad has an interview coming up. So he's in the mirror, you know, fixing his shirt and things like that. So Imani comes out and asks him if he's ready for his interview, how you feeling, things like that. And he's trying to avoid contact conversation with her as much as possible especially after finding out that she is a trans woman so he's not really trying to say too much he's like yeah i'm ready thank you and she's like well not without a tie so she brings one out for him to put on and it seemed like she was trying to break the ice or trying to um lessen the tension because listen we already know that she was not feeling him she wanted him to go the very first night and she's just not rocking with it okay and so but it just seemed like she was trying to help him out at first i was like okay wait girl i know you mad at trig but i hope you ain't trying to push up on his homeboy don't don't do that you know but no nah, i just thought she was really trying to help him 
or trying to help him get the hell up out of her house quick. I don't know. She's like, listen, you're going to get this job, right? You're going to get out of my house. But anyway, so he's like, well, thanks for the tie, but I don't really know how to tie it. So she's like, oh, I'll help you. So she goes up to him to try and help him tie the tie. And he's like, man, get off me, move, whatever. And she's like, F you. And she throws it at him. And that was the scene that we saw. Like, every scene that we saw, with the exception of the Tiff and Dom uh, situation, we all saw that. We saw everything else in this episode. So remember when we saw the little clip where Imani threw something at the man, but we didn't know who it was. So at first I was like, maybe it's Trig or Duda. And then once Rashad's character got introduced, I was like, oh, well, it could be Rashad's character. So it's him. So what else? Oh, yeah. And then, you know, he leaves or whatever. And Trig comes and she's like, listen, he need to get the F out of my uh, house. All right. Listen, he didn't clock my tea, and I don't really care. But what he ain't gonna do is disrespect me, eat up all my food, sleep on on my couch, and be stupid and disrespectful to me. So you better tell him to uh, handle it. And Trig is like, I got you, I got you. And she's like, that's what you said about the trap house, and we saw how that ended up. So she's still upset about Trinity and the trap house and Rashad. She's just not on good terms with Trig right about now. So to be expected. So Rashad is at his interview, okay, and he's sitting there. And the man comes in there you know talking and stuff like that and so it seems to be going smoothly at the beginning because you know the man recognized his last name and he's like oh our family's just a hangout and bowl and party it up yeah 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 so it looks real promising right so he asked uh excuse me Rashad why do you want to work for us and Rashad's like look dog I need a job, all right? I'm just going to be real 100% with you. And that's how he was the entire interview. He was really being vulnerable. He was really being honest. He wasn't trying to sugarcoat nothing. Listen, I know my last job was at Radio Shack in 2002. I got locked up for some BS, okay? But I'm a changed man, all right? And if you can just give me a chance. I don't mind starting with stocking and then working my way up. If you can just give me a chance, I really need a job. And I was like, you know what? I really hope this man, you know allows him a chance i mean the least you can do is give him a chance because rashad's whole storyline aside from imani and stuff is seeing how inmates have to navigate especially when they've been locked up for so long and it just seems like like the world they went in to prison with or into is completely different now all this technology and this and that so trying to navigate through life and trying to get back on their feet and we know how companies and businesses and the world views inmates and stuff like that especially black men just saying so he's just like look if you can just give me a chance to prove myself you won't regret it i promise you i know excuse me my resume may not be up to par like other people i know i don't may not have all the you know uh gems that you would like but if you could just give me a chance and i can work my way up so the man is like okay well it's not ultimately up to me however i can send your resume to my boss so we can go from there which is kind of code for you probably won't get the job and then you know Rashad's going off he's like man f y'all you a snake goofy ass and I was like oh sir and he stormed out slammed the doors I was like well even if the man did get the resume to his boss the way you left out you know that ain't gonna cut it so Trig is there to pick him up and they go out for drinks so he can de-stress so they're at the pool hall and you know trig is telling him you know you're like a brother to me man you know that right and rashad's like man i better be you know i did time for your ass so it's kind of like rashad is hanging it over his head without being too too mean about it i don't know how to word it but you know whenever he has a chance to bring it up he will i'll say that but um 
And I'm trying to figure out what exactly happened. I mean, obviously it was something serious for him to be locked up for so long. But Trig was like, listen, dog, I was just a lookout, okay? I didn't really do nothing. So was it a robbery? Was it a murder? Like, what's going on, okay? I don't know. But all we know now is we got a little bit more detail. I guess Rashad did the stuff, and then Trig was just a lookout. And then Rashad got caught, took the rap for him, and that's that on that so trig basically tells him listen dog i can't have you in my house disrespecting imani all right you're gonna have to find you an apartment by the end of the month or whenever and so he's like really you gonna choose that thing over me really okay that thing in a dress like you're know, making these smart remarks and then he asks trig are you gay like really and so Trig is like, listen, dog, that's the lady of the house. You ain't going to be disrespecting her. You got to the end of the month to get up out my house or end of the week, end of the month, whenever. And he's like, you giving me an expiration date? He's like, yup. And so Trig storms out. Rashad's looking pissed. And yeah, we're going to see what happens. I mean, I'm really scared for Imani. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, Listen, just like Duda, Imani is making some enemies of her own, okay? And she's making crazy enemies, all right? Pimps and trap house people and stuff. Like, girl please but anyway oh jesus these grown kids let's get to jake jim and kevin let's get these people actually you know what i'm not even rolling my eyes at kevin it wasn't even him this episode it's jake and jimmy because they trifling i don't care if they're kids i don't care they trifling so we all know that there's this big old event that you know this episode is catered to and centered around we saw in the beginning of the season in episode one everybody was at this you know black tie event dancing dressed up and things like that well this is the event it's a gala honoring uh duda for his i don't know i'm just honoring duda okay so kevin is texting Gemma, all right and you know he's telling her i got my tux do you want to see what it looks like so that way we can uh match and coordinate and Gemma's giving him so much i don't even want to say attitude but she's dry texting like a mug she's like i got my text i mean excuse me my tux and she texts back cool well you want to see a picture of it so that way we can coordinate nah i'm good so he's picking up on her energy so she's like you know what, whatever so he calls her and trying to see what's going on and she's like hey i'm just not really feeling good today you know whatever and you know he's asking her what you're doing where you're at and he's she's like i'm at home just chilling not doing much of nothing so he asks well do you want me to come over and keep you company and she makes up a lie and excuse talking about no i don't really feel like having my dad come and knock on my door every five minutes to see what we're doing but i'll see you tomorrow you know just to cut that off real quick and kevin's like okay well i love you and she says i love you too bye and hangs up real quick so kev is like the fuck is wrong with her and so we see her hang up and she walks you know up to someone and that someone is jake and i'm just like this is my like so like i need Keisha to have this baby so that way you know so that way she can pop Jimmy real quick. I'm just saying, you mess with her baby brother, bop, you should get punched in your forehead. But anyway, we don't condone violence. We don't we don't do that. But anyway, so <laughs> Jake and Jimmy, they're hanging out and they're sitting somewhere. And Jake talking about some, listen, he may get on my nerves, but you need to tell him because that's still my brother. And I'm like, you must be talking about Trig or Ridge because you, you can't be talking about Kevin still your brother. You can't be doing that. And at first I was like, well, what's she going to tell him? I mean, they set that up like, is the bitch pregnant? Lord, she's a kid. 
<laughs> is the girl pregnant? <laughs> I'm like, tell him what? But she's like, it's a little bit more complicated than that. I just can't flat out say, you know, how can I tell my boyfriend, hey, I want to be with your best friend? It's not that easy, Jake. It's really not that easy. So he gives her a huge ultimatum. Listen, he needs to find out soon. Either you tell him or I'm going to tell him. She's like, you ain't going to do nothing. He walks off like, yeah, we're going to see. So we get to the gala and everything. And they're hanging out and everything. So Duda's talking to them because they're all part of this youth uh, ambassador program at the gala and things like that. So they're all standing there and whatnot. And then they're supposed to separate and go mingle and talk to some folks. So Jake and Gemma, they go this way. Kevin's looking at them like, and he goes the opposite way. Kevin's better than me. Um, where do you two think you're going? Uh, Gemma, you can come over here with me, sweetheart. Thank you. Jake, we'll holler at you. We'll meet up. Honey, poor Kevin. But I just feel, maybe he feels bad about, you know, not helping them with the walkout and stuff like that. So he doesn't want to seem too pushy. He's really trying to, you know, walk on eggshells and make sure, you know, he's not stepping on any toes. But honey, I would have been crunching them toes. Uh, Gemma, baby. Yeah, yeah, your boyfriend's over here. I'm not sure what y'all got going on, but you can come over here. All right. So after a while, Kevin goes up to Gemma just to see how she's doing and things like that. So, you know, he's talking about this really ain't my scene. It's kind of boring or whatever. And no, actually, Gemma tells him, I understand this is your this isn't your scene or whatever. And he's like, well, what are trying to say? I mean, I'm, I'm, it is what it is. It's whatever. So while they're talking, he's trying to ask her if she wants something to drink. Jake walks off and he goes to talk to another one of the girls that's a part of the youth ambassador program. So, you know, they're talking and getting to know each other. Baby, Gemma couldn't hide her face if you paid her. She just like, and the whole time Kevin is right here. Hey, are you thirsty? What? You know, like looking at Jake, like all up in his dreadlocks, like what he got going on over there? Who, who is that? And, you know, Kevin's like, are you thirsty? Do you want something to drink? He's like, no, leave me alone. And storms off. I'm just like, Gemma, I want to punch you, okay? You're a pretty girl, okay? You're smart. You're talented. Great. I want to punch you. So then, you know, she goes up to Jake and grabs him. Is like, I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to make me jealous. And he starts laughing. He's like, well, is it working? And he's like, uh, yeah, asshole, it's working. You're flirting with this girl in front of my face. So he just walks off laughing, blah, blah, blah. So they're sitting down, Jake and Gemma. They're sitting at the table or whatever. And I believe uh, this is when Tracy was giving her speech. And then uh, Kevin is at the bar. So Jake is over it, okay? He knows that he is not for this. He's bored. They talking too much. So he storms up. And he don't really care for a dude I like that. So, you know, when Duda was telling him what they had, to, what their assignment was, as soon as he walked off, Jake was like, man, F him. I was like, what is going on? So he's not really here for it. He don't give a damn about them honoring Duda. He don't care what Trace is talking about. He already got this suit. He's not feeling it. So he storms off. And so Jim is like, I'm going to go with him. So they run off and they're, you know, excuse me, they're walking around. And then Kevin comes back and he notices that they're gone. So he's walking around looking for him. Mm, mm, mm. So Jake's storming off and Gemma's trying to, you know, run up behind him, telling him to wait. And he's like, I just want to go home. This ain't my scene, okay? I feel like I'm too hood for you. You might be too embarrassed to introduce me to your father. I'm not good enough for him. I'm not good, you know, for your image. And Kevin looks better on your arm anyway. And Gemma... <laughs> talking about some the only reason i'm with him is because he approached me you didn't 
What? <laughs> what? Just because Kevin approached you didn't mean you had to. All right. All right, girl. Please get out my face. Please get out my face. So they talking a little bit, trying to reassure each other what's going on. And then they end up kissing in the stairwell. They still at the event. They couldn't go to the local donut shop across the street. No, they wanted to get caught because mm. so Kevin's walking around looking for him. He's roaming the halls, trying to open doors and stuff. And then he gets to the stairwell and he looks up and he sees his best friend and his girlfriend kissing. And he's just staring. And then I guess when he like moved back a little bit, they heard his footsteps and they looked. And Jake was like, damn. And Gemma was like, oh, Kevin. So Kevin runs off. And Gemma's trying to run after him. But Jake, bold ass, grabs her arm like, mm-mm, nope. This ain't really the way I envisioned him finding out. But he had to find out. So, mm-mm. And instead of her putting up a fight, wait, let me go see what's going on. I can't just do this. She just said... I said, you two are trifling, and I hope, I ain't gonna say it, I... <clears throat> so Ke poor Kevin, poor baby, he's running out the building crying, he gets a taxi or Uber or whatever, and he gets home, he's just letting the wind hit him upside the face, he's just distraught, and then we see Jake and Gemma just <laughs> holding hands, I'm like, you two disgust me, I just want y'all to know that. They look like they're in love. I hate them. <laughs> I really do. I didn't think it was possible for me to want to fight children. Drake and Gemma, <laughs> meet me. Please, meet me. So anyway, let's get to the last storyline, which is like the main one because it's all happening at this event and it's pretty much who this episode was about or so it seems like. So we got Duda, Tracy, Rose, and Marcus. Lord have mercy. Mm -mm -mm. First and foremost, I just want to say I hate the way the episode ended because I just knew it was going to end that way. We wasn't going to see Duda get shot into the last 30 seconds of the episode and they wasn't going to show us nothing know who shot him nothing i was like dang it i just hope they don't drag it to episode 10 i hope episode 6 which is the next episode we figure out who did it because honey but i will say as far as this storyline goes y'all peeped what they were doing right they wanted us to really put our thinking caps on because they showed each prime or main person that would have a motive to kill him you know, we saw their scenes, like we saw their interactions with Duda and how heated and intense they got. So it's like, dang, okay, the way they were talking, dang, she could do it. Dang, the way he said that to him, he could have did it. Dang, she's looking pissed off over there. Dang. So they made it real hard for us to really pinpoint who it could be, but they really highlighted the main people. So I guess based off the way this episode went, they might be trying to throw a curveball at us. It could be someone who was there talking to them. Well, obviously they were there. But it could be one of those people or it could have been someone else. I don't know. But I think they just want to highlight who we should be paying attention to. We were already paying attention to them, but anyone else we should rule out and really focus on these people. Like, we saw their interactions with him throughout this entire episode. And none of them went smoothly, okay? So we should really be paying attention. Okay, Tracy, ooh, she, ooh what he said to her was messed up then uh rose dang she has a motive too Ooh, him and marcus keep bumping heads like we should really be paying attention so it might be one of these people and again it could be somebody else we don't know but we see dude walking in his little tux or whatever he's walking in the event center making sure everything's looking good and things like that so when he gets into, it's, uh, 
why can't I talk? <laughs> when he gets into the ballroom area where the main event's going to be held, um, you know, Marcus is telling them, okay, we got to do this again. Tracy, do your speech again. And she's like, really, nigga? I'm tired, all right? And y'all peak Tracy new haircut? Mm-hmm. I know that's right. But uh, Duda's like, okay, she ain't got to do all that. She'll be perfectly fine. Thank you. So Marcus gathers everyone around, and he's basically explaining the importance of this event. Chicago hasn't had an event this big since 1863. I'm just like, has it been that long? Okay. And he's like, I'm sure you all can imagine people like you and me were not invited to events like this, so we should feel honored. And obviously he's talking about black people, but the funniest thing was the white woman in front like, well, I don't know what y'all talking about, but me and my people was able to come. (laughs) Not after Juneteenth. Let me cut up. Let Let me stop. But yeah, so he's talking about how important this is and things like that. So then we see Tracy and uh, Duda talking, and she's thanking him for allowing, you know, uh, Trig and her to have this uh, community thing going on and things like that. So then she asks him, well, did you hear about the girl Trinity that died, you know, messing around with that trap house and stuff? And he was like, no, I haven't heard anything. And she don't believe him. She's like, okay, well, I'm pretty sure you know somebody who's involved, don't you? And he's like, well, what are you trying to get at? Listen. I don't know what's going on with that, but I've never told you that I was a saint or an angel, okay? Listen, I haven't told you everything, but I most definitely did never lied about my past. So she's not really here for it, and he flat out tells her, listen, baby girl, either you get with the program or you get the F out my face and go on somewhere. I said, Otis, you can't be saying that to that girl. All right. <laughs> Girl, I think Tracy liked that, honey. But anyway, so Tracy's there giving her speech or whatever, talking about, you know, how thankful she is for him and the work that he's doing and how, you know, with defunding the police, it may uh, make our community safer for our children and things like that. And she's talking about how, you know, why she started the Rock program uh, rescuing. Was it rescuing? Lord, forgive me rescuing our Chicago kids something about the Chicago children all right so she's giving her speech about all of that and you know great 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 so they're dancing okay Rose and Duda they're dancing ah and it reminded me of the scene of um Medea's family reunion the play not the play the uh, movie with Carlos Blair Underwood and was it Lisa, the bougie sister, they were dancing, all right, and they were out having dinner with their friends, and so they're dancing and smiling, but their conversation was very intense and just real heated, so that's exactly what this was, so Rose and Duda, they're dancing, and Rose is like, look, dog, I want a position on your administrative team, and he said, flat out, bitch, please, dip, I said, dude, I cracked up, I said, you can't say that to your wife, I know y'all ain't really rocking with each other, but I mean, he spun her around. Bitch, please. I said, I would have walked out. I would have shot him right there and there. Excuse me, sir. Who are you talking to? And she's like, all right, you think I'm playing. Either you put me on the team, or I'm going to have to serve you with some divorce papers. Now, you know what kind of image that would be for a mayor to begin a divorce? You know that's not a good look, right? And he's like, I don't really care. Spin. I said, do, da. Please get out my face, honey. Please. So then we see Tracy after the main event is all said and done. Tracy's at the bar and Imani goes up to her and she's like, oh, hey, girl, that was a lovely speech. But um, you missed one thing. Why didn't you mention Trinity and the girls in that trap house? Why you didn't mention that? And I'm just like, Imani, you are wearing a fur strong, sis. 
People are in black tie events. We got some millionaires up in here. You think Tracy really finna bring up Trinity in the trap house? All right, baby. I understand this is a very uh, sensitive subject for you, but you really thought at the millionaires gala they was gonna be talking about Trinity and Nook at the trap house? <laughs> Baby, that was not the time for that. So uh, Trace like, oh, yeah, my bad girl, but they only allowed me so much time. I'm so sorry. So then we see Jake come up and, you know, he asks Imani, can we go home now? And she's like, yeah, let's get the F about it here. So, again, they're trying to make our brains work because, again, Imani was a main suspect for a lot of people in shooting Duda. So when we see that scene of her and Jake, you know, getting ready to go, it's like, okay, well, should we rule her out? It's like one big game of Clue, you know? That's exactly what this is, a big game of Clue. And so we see Jake and uh, Imani leave. Did we see them leave, though? Listen, if you still think Imani is like, you know, the prime suspect, the main person, especially with, you know, Duda being a big part of the 63rd Street mob and knowing that's connected with the girls in the trap house and all this other type of stuff. So it's like, dang, okay, she was a main person, but dang she and jake left right before he got shot so it can't be her so it's like okay are we supposed to pay attention to that but then you know what i'm saying like it's a lot that could be going on so tracy's there and dude that goes up to her and is like thank you for the speech blah blah blah, 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 blah. i wouldn't have been talking to him because didn't you just tell me to get the f about your face get out my face boy please but anyway so they're talking and whatnot and then he tells her i'm about to go up to the roof you, you care to join me and she's like well i'm gonna shake a few more hands first but then i'll meet you up there so do not go into the roof was his own free adventure okay what black person you know just want to go to the roof nothing ever good comes out of just going up to the roof <laughs> like i understand rich people be doing that at the event they want to take in the city skyline and the view and just reflect on life baby you could have went somewhere else you could have stayed inside the building do you understand me he told us i want to go to the roof so no one's called you no one told you to meet them on the roof no one sent you a threatening message telling you to meet them on the roof no you just want to rousey up to the roof dude I, at this point I'm not saying you deserve to get shot, but you deserve a slap because no one, no one black is just trying to go to the roof. Anyway, so after Tracy walks off to go mingle and, you know, uh, Duda's heading up to the roof, we see Marcus pop up, all right? And we've heard him say this before, uh, you better be careful with her. You might want to watch your back. And I don't know, like, why doesn't he like Tracy? I don't know. And every time Tracy and Duda have a moment, whether it's briefly or whatever, Marcus is always there, whether he was already there, right, you know, right in the room or he's just staying there. He pops up. It's like, Marcus, what the hell is wrong with you? If you're not sure who Marcus is, Gemma's daddy, that's his name. But um, yeah, so it just seems like every time Tracy and Duda have a brief moment or whatever, it just seems like he walks up, he pops up, he's standing there. Like right before Duda gave his speech, you know, Tracy kissed him on the cheek and said, good luck. And then we see off in the distance, Marcus is standing there like, it's like, Marcus, don't you have a job? Don't you, can you go get some drinks? Can you do something? So after uh, Marcus told him to be careful and watch yourself, you know, dude, I was like, look, dog, I'm grown. Okay, mind your business. All right. And Marcus, now listen, we've heard dude, I tell him he's the HNIC. You don't work, uh, uh, what was it? You work for me. I don't work for you. Get up out my face. We've seen dude, I say this plenty of times, correct? 
And Marcus really never said nothing. He just shook his head and was like, whatever. But I don't know if he had too many mimosas or whatever, or whatever they were serving up at that little gala. But honey, Marcus uh, was feeling himself. He was like, look here, nigga. You wouldn't be here if it wasn't for me. I need you to remember that, okay? And the way he was looking, it was real sinister. It was real, you might want to watch yourself. So did he overhear, uh, dude, I tell Tracy that he was going up to the roof? Because did y'all see the way he stormed off? Because uh, dude, I went this way, and then, you know, Marcus stormed off. So again, we're seeing all these intense encounters that he's having with the main people who everyone's viewing as a suspect. So it's kind of hard to, because now we're really seeing everyone's motives, right? Marcus wants his uh, just do. Okay, he wants his credit. He wants his props for helping uh, Duda get to where he is. Rose wants to be a part of the administrative team. And he's telling her some bitch, please. Tracy, she might have a hidden agenda. Like, you know, because of her son. She did mention her son and things like that. Did y'all uh, notice when she said the police killed her son? I had to think back on it, but she was somewhat right, but somewhat wrong. I don't know. And, you know, so everyone has their own motives as to why they would try to take Duda out. And what better time than to do it at the gala that's, you know, uh, praising him, you know, that's catering to him, but whatever. So let's get it. Okay. So I want y'all to really peep this and pay attention. Go back and watch it if you have to. Um... Yeah, so after Marcus storms off and whatever. So we see Duda on the roof. He got his back turned and whatnot. And so we see or we hear, you know, like the door closing. We hear footsteps like someone's there. We hear the door closing, the, the lock locking. I'm like, what's, wait, wait, wait a minute. We got to lock the lock too? So when he turned around, did y'all notice this? It seemed like there may have been two people on the roof instead of just one. Because when he turned around initially, he was kind of at an angle and he was smiling like, you know, whoever was up there, he wanted to be up there. We can say it was Tracy because he did extend that invitation or it could be someone that he's just cool with that just saw him go up to the roof and want to talk to him. I don't know. But he turned around slightly and he was like, oh, hey. And then he looked over here and was like, oh, shit. And then we saw the gun and then boom, shot him. Am I the only person who peeped that? It looked like there may have been two people on the roof because it didn't look like he saw the only person and then they drew a gun and he was like, oh no. It's like he was looking at one person and then he looked over here and saw another person who was trying to shoot him. So let's go with the scenario of there are two people. Was the first person that he saw and was smiling at, was that someone who was just genuinely there to talk to him or was that person a distraction? And then, like, you know, is it a two-person operation? Or, you know what I'm saying? But I don't know. But the next episode, we see Duda just laying there. I don't know if he dead or not, but whatever. And then we see Rose screaming, oh, my God, someone help me. I was like, girl, how you on the roof? How you knew, how you knew he was up here? He didn't invite you up here. So it's like, okay, girl, who put it on the front? Who put it on the act? I don't know, but this episode was crazy. I'm just so mad. I was really hoping there would be a slight chance that they showed who shot him. I was praying. Who shot him? But again, I don't know if they're going to drag it all the way to the end of the season, if we're going to see it in episode six or seven. I don't know, but who, baby, this episode, I think this was the episode we were all waiting on because majority of like everything except for the Tiff and Dom encounter Everything happened in this episode, so we were just waiting to see how everything was going to unfold. So now we see 
you know, it's about to spice up even more. Now we got to figure out who shot Duda. We got to figure out if Octavia is going to still keep this baby. We, we got to see so much. And y'all see while they was in class because we saw a little clip of Gemma and Jake kissing. Ugh. I hope they're not doing that in front of Kevin. That's messed up. But anyway, we see in class, I guess they were exchanging words. And Kevin hit him with a mean left hook, okay? I don't know if he fully whooped his ass because we know Jake can fight. But we've seen, you know, when Kevin gets riled up and you mess with his family, his sister, whoever, okay, you really cross him. He, he'll, he'll do something, right? Okay, when Keisha was, uh, went missing, he was willing to get shot, all right? And then even in the pizza place, you know, when uh, them dudes were talking about they still can't find this girl or whatever, and, you know, Kevin knocked that boy out. So Kevin seems like that person, he avoids confrontation. He He's not really a fighter. He wants to talk. He You know, but piss him off enough. Oh, honey, you gonna wish he was just talking. I can relate to that because I'm not someone, I ain't trying to fight you. Like, what? No, I'm too grown. I'm too cute. No, nah, fight? Ew, it scares me. But push a button. Push a certain button. And it takes a lot, okay? It takes a lot, you know, to make someone want to get to that point if they're not just like a fighter, you know? But don't underestimate nobody. But it looked like Kev knocked him out. I don't know, again, if he whooped his ass. But he knocked him out for that second. So we're going to see how this all plays out. But y'all, again, the closer we get to the end of the season, the more intense it's about to be, the more emotional. And I'm just praying that everybody comes out alive, even Duda, okay? Because Duda is a very essential character in this show. And Jada better pull through. Imani better get, uh, better come out of this untouched, all right? Um... And yeah, that's that on that. But I hope y'all enjoyed this review. I hope y'all enjoyed the episode. And if you haven't watched it yet, I hope y'all enjoy it. <laughs> and I will catch y'all on the next one. I love y'all. Bye.